Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Chris and Bill Tenney Britton here to talk about community-centric church planning for real impact in 2024. You don't know this because there's several reels on the floor because we have got the date wrong, we have got the time wrong, we have got the station wrong. This is a comedy of errors, none of which you get to see because we don't do outtakes. Ha, there you <laughs> are. <laughs> but let's get this clarity in there. We are talking about church planning you know, with planting, ends, planning. planning not right. church planting. So Which I know could that be in it's your church easy planning to, for 2024. Right, yeah. you Wouldn't know? that be awesome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hey, to put it out there. So we are starting with uh, with your outcomes in mind. If you're going to do any kind of planning, we talked about this just I think last week. You've got to have outcomes in mind. And let's be real. We're looking at 2024 already. Uh, Already, it's yeah. like it's only that's it's in only, ten days. Yeah, I mean, literally, right. Yeah. right? Ten days and looking, thinking the twenty first of of uh, December. Now we've got ten days. So, <laughs> if you don't have your goals, your outcomes in mind for twenty twenty four, I don't know when you're going to. Well, and last week, you know, the the, the conversation was about doing a post mortem right. for ministry failure, and one of the top reasons oh. why there are failures is because. The plans don't begin with outcomes. What is it we are trying to, to accomplish with this ministry? So as you sit down to start your planning, um, before you do anything, sit down and say, what are the outcomes that we want to accomplish this year? What clear goals do we have that we want to accomplish? Now, it, whether it's an attendance goal, a financial goal, a disciple-making goal, or I like this one, a baptism goal Ooh, of converts, yes. people who have become new Christians, not the biological thing. It's great to have mm -hmm. kids mm -hmm. get baptized who mm -hmm. were raised in church. That is wonderful. But yeah. with, with the rise of the nuns and the shrinking number of people who do church, yeah. hey, folks, we've got to get serious about evangelism and discipling and bringing in new people into the faith. That's kind of the thing Jesus said, his last words in Testament, go yeah. ye therefore and, yeah. Okay, make so disciples. making disciples. Yes, and a good indeed. disciple makes more disciples. Right. So what are the outcomes you want in 2024? Okay, so I want to visit because you said post-mortem and this is the time to do a post-mortem, right? An autopsy. On 2023. On 2023. <laughs> exactly and maybe right. that's a better, do an autopsy on 2023, yes, right? What did not work for you? What was not fulfilled? If indeed you did your outcomes for 2023, even if it was for any part of 2023, go back and look, what didn't work? And I, you know, I'm, you know, why didn't it work? What could you have done different? Should you have done differently? Blah, blah, blah. Watch last week's episode. Now you may be saying, you know, come on, Bill, Chris, you keep doing this. You keep talking about that. Yes. There's a reason for that. Right. Because my guess is if you're watching this, it's because you haven't done it yet. So please, 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 2024 is upon us. I had a, I had a conversation today with a client who we were talking about what he hopes to accomplish in 2024. We were talking about planning. And one of the things he said is that this year, as you look back on 2023, there was a whole lot of things on the calendar 
that did not get done. He said, we had things that we'd said we wanted to do, and then we just didn't do them. He says, and we've got to have conversations about accountability and about making sure that things go on the calendar and that we have leaders who are responsible for making sure that each of those events moves forward. And it's like, brilliant, that's part of the outcome and it's part of the planning. Right. Outcomes and leadership. Right. So, okay. So we want to be envisioning to do that. We want to envision the desired out impact for our congregation and for the community. What's going to change out there? Right. The church and inside in and outside. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you want to impact your community, then you've got to be thinking about how you're going to inspire and impact your congregation as well. But not one and not the other. They really do go hand in hand. So, so often, and we see this in so many churches, there's a lot of emphasis put on what are we going to do with our congregation? We want to, we want to turn our, our members into disciples. And, and I can tell you that that has probably been the goal for many, many churches for many, many oh, years. Yeah, for sure. And the question is, how's that working for you? Because if, you're, if you have a, a, a church full of church members who aren't making more disciples right. and you've been doing discipling for X, Y, Z years, just continuing what you've been doing is not going to change that. And therefore, you know, if you're going to sit down in 2024, what are the outcomes? And then what are we going to do that's different if we've been trying to get these outcomes for some time? And if you're serious about that, and you know, and so often, don't ask yourself yes and no questions, right? right? Have you been discipling? Yes, no. Well, a lot of us will say yes yeah, and argue right. yes. And Every sermon is a discipling going, no, sermon, right? right? Yeah. No. I mean, the no. <laughs> questions, questions are things like how many people have been decided, dis- discipled? How do you know that? What does right. that look like? How is their life different? How are they making a change in their neighborhood, on their block, on their how, apartment how are their, how are their behaviors different? Right. You know, and, and yes, the rest of that as well. What are your stories? Right. I mean, that's what yep, I used what to say stories? to people, right? I mean, when I coach uh, pastors, I'll ask, uh, tell me a story. I need to see numbers, right? But tell me a story. And if you don't have stories, stories, then you're not doing that work. That, or, or, or maybe you're doing the work, but not effectively for what your outcome is. That's right. If you're not so, getting the outcomes, if you're not getting the stories, then there's right. something wrong with there's, something. It's right. either it's either the the premise, or it's the planning. Or it's the implementation. It's going to be one of those three things. Or in the implementation, I think this is part of implementation. It does go back to what kind of groundwork do we need to be doing, right? right? If you want a discipling congregation, you've got to disciple some people, but it's not all about you. So it's, you know, who am I discipling and how am I bringing them along so that they're also discipling, right? right. So maybe maybe you disciple two people, and now in 2024, that should be four or eight people. And the others should be discipling others. Are you handing it off? Is it working like it's meant to be? It's meant to be an exponential um, an exponential growth of disciples right. and, and church growth for that matter. Okay, let's be honest. so we're talking about disciples here and we know, right, discipleship, uh, we know that we're not just talking about that, right? We talked about uh, our, our different outcomes, our different right. goals. So we're inside and outside. Inside and outside. To get there, you've got to set measurable and realistic goals, also known as SMART goals. And I, and we, I said this before we started today, that uh, I can never remember what S-M-A-R-T, like just off the top of my head. So you're going to tell us. Yeah, that's right. So SMART stands for really intelligent, you get it, and oh, wait a minute, that's not the kind of SMART no. we're talking about. 
All right, SMART is an acronym for, it is a specific goal, okay? It's specific, we know exactly what that goal is. Um, there, there's no ambiguity whatsoever. It is a measurable goal. Listen, if you can't measure it, you can't tell whether you have achieved it or not. And so what I get, and you get this all the time as well, we've both done articles, we have different um, uh, perspectives on how to get it accomplished, but we both say you can measure whether someone is becoming a more mature oh, disciple mercy. of Jesus yes, Christ. Right. It is measurable, you know, and it always, that's between them and God. If it's them between them and God, then why is their church discipline, um, et cetera, et cetera. The I bottom line is, it. that's right, you know, you, you need to be able to, and there's stuff on our blog posts. Yeah. You've got articles in Net Results Magazine. Right. There's lots of stuff out there to talk about how to measure that. So it has to be measurable. How many butts in the seats? How many baptisms? How many bucks? How many people reading their Bibles? I like the B words today. I like the you know, Bible. Anyway, so, you know, et cetera. So the, 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 what are your measurables, okay? S specific, measurable, ambitious. Are they ambitious goals? In fact, if they're not ambitious, they're probably not God goals. Yeah. And here's the deal, folks, is we need some God-given vision because we keep doing little bits here and little bits there and, and not even achieving that because we're not taking a big enough bite of the apple. Yeah, well, that, oh, you make me, as you're saying, you make me think how many people will, uh, it's like, oh, that's just too big or, oh, we can't do that. Well, you know what? If you can't, then you won't. You never will. Right. So, yeah, it's that audacious, right? It's that ambitious, ambitious right? Audacious, yeah, right. right. Audacious, right? It's behag. ambitious. It's behag. Behag, I mean, that's what, right. that's what big, Colin says. Big, big, hairy, big audacious goal. goal. So, yeah. Anyways, there it is. Go. Right. Okay. So, okay. It, it, it's, it's S-M-A. Okay. So, specific, measurable, um, ambitious. Uh, ambitious. Um, and then, is it? do you have responsibility? Is Does someone have responsibility? Who is the end-all, be-all who is taking responsibility for this goal? Here's the deal, folks, is I hear this all the time. The, 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 we create a goal for our youth pastor, and we want you to, to grow your youth group by 25%. Man, that sounds great, right? It's audacious. Yeah, and, that's right. And uh, aggressive. And unless you hand the, uh, this is going to be sound really yeah. bad, but unless you hand the youth pastor a shotgun and say you can threaten people to make them come across the street and come to a youth group, that's not a that's not a, a reasonable goal. It's not a responsible goal. It's it's a goal that doesn't work because you can't hold someone responsible for other people's actions. Right. What you can Thank hold you. them responsible for is. Did they do all the work to make sure that the doors were wide open? Did we do our marketing? Did we do our relationship building? Those are our words again. You know, did we do what we needed to do to make sure that we could bring people in? Now, if they've done all that and it still didn't work, then the question is, what do we need to change? But you, you know, throwing a goal of, again, the yeah. numbers that are just flat out, you know, we're going to have worship attendance of 250 unless you're going to somehow course people you're going to have to create conditions that make that possible. And that's the goal that you're setting. Okay, so okay. specific, measurable, um, ambitious, responsible. And last one is time bound. When are you going to get her done? You know, it's, it's a time dated thing. It's, you know, in the next year, in the next month, in the next week. So we're doing 2024. So it's this year. Yeah, well, and but, you have to break it down. Right. I, right. Okay. So here's your goal, your outcome that you're working with, but you've got to break it down. Uh, what are your mileposts, right? right. What are your exactly. milestones? What, it, what will there be in place in, you know, two weeks, like January 15th? What about January 31st? Work backwards. Right. Yeah. And so, reverse engineer. 
and and know that know that say more of what you mean. reverse engineer start with the end in mind right end exactly. isn't you know yeah, end is exactly. end isn't just in the beginning you have to start exactly. with the end in mind right. and remember that growth and a lot of these things work on an exponential curve mm -hmm. which means it's not a linear curve right it starts here smaller and goes up so if you just do the the straight out you know this is the incline of what it's supposed to be you're going to find that you're not able to get your you're trying to get an extra hundred you're not going to get 25 at the end of the first quarter and 50 and so it's not going to yeah. work that way it becomes you start five or ten 15 and they invite and they invite and they and there you are then you have your exponential but it's a curve so just be aware that when you're setting your milepost you have to set them realistically yeah. as well as you know, you know as well as rest so there's your smart goals um and and every outcome every goal you set needs to have right. all, all five parts it needs to be a smart goal and you need to have a list of outcomes all right so that's what you start with okay and then you've got to build the foundation your build the foundation of your outcomes on the on needs and aspirations right and exactly. so there are a couple couple three different um parts of that one is uh, that you have to align your plans with the actual needs and aspirations of the community. And your congregation, if and you're your, doing Well, it, I was thinking well, community right. inside and outside right. outside yep. your door, yep. right? So what- Communities. Communities, the church's community. So you're going to look at what are the what are the needs, right? What what are the needs and the hopes, if you will, those right. aspirations of your communities, and how do you bring them together? That's right. Okay. So we're talking about needs and aspirations. We're talking about the, the needs are, are, that can get really ephemeral. Yeah. And so let me just share what I have found to be the most effective way of describing or defining needs. What keeps people up at night? Yeah. Okay. What are they losing sleep over? What are they worried about? You know, I don't know anyone who went to sleep the other night thinking, man, I really wish I understood what Advent was all about. I really wish I knew what Advent was. I, you know, if I could just figure out Reformation, you know, et cetera, et cetera. No, no one lost any sleep. In fact, the truth is, pastor and church leader, Nobody in your community lost any sleep last night, last week, last month, worrying about whether or not they were going to hell. They're all convinced they're going to heaven. And when we shake our Bible at them and say, you know, hey, well, the Bible says, they just look and say, well, you know, I don't believe that. A loving God wouldn't say, well, the Bible says, yeah, that's your book, not my book, and et cetera. Well, you know, I'm thinking projection, right? Yeah, How we project we onto others, right? Yeah. So it's not what I think, you know, you think. It's what they're thinking, what they're, Start they're with doing. their needs right? and aspirations. Exactly. And, and the needs and aspirations right. of the community outside are more than likely the needs of your community within the church, right? <laughs> that's I mean, absolutely that's, true. Right, your, your church no is in made your out church, of people there, right? No one in your church is, is losing sleep over the Trinity or Advent right. or now, Some or of them may, may be, you know, interested in that. Right, We've absolutely. Seen that. And there's even been an expectation built up in our congregations over absolutely. decades and decades and decades that people have inherited that make them think that's what they need to know. This is something else I'm thinking about in this, because you know, I'm really liturgical. I say liturgical. I really do Way follow. Way more than me. Well, yeah. I mean, right, we've yeah, established just, that over right. the years. But it, it, you know, I do think in terms of Advent and then Christmas tide and then you know uh, Epiphany. Epiphany, right? And around the circle, this kind of wheel. And 
and that helps me at least kind of think of the movement of what we can be focusing on, right? Getting our hearts ready for what, but there, that's in my thinking, in my thought processes, not necessarily what I'm teaching out there. The other piece that has gone there for me though, when I've pastored is uh, I've shaped my worship around that. And I would do that much differently now. I mean, I'm thinking back 25, 30 years ago, probably 25 years ago, where I was shaping everything around Advent. So when I sat down and did my planning out for the year, it would be, how are we going to celebrate Advent? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And then I guess about 20 years ago, I got to thinking, okay, let's not do, do that so much as let's say, where do I want my congregation to be at the end of this coming year? And what do I need to do to help them get to that? Well, I like your, your path that you're talking about. Yeah, and, and, and culture has a path, the same, sure. same thing. It's a different church year or a different community year. Yeah, that's right. And, and that if we're going to be serious about um, community-centric church planning, that means community out there, where are they? And so right. for them, Christmas didn't start on the on the uh, the first Sunday of Advent, Christmas began for them, depending on where they were, Walmart shoppers or Target shoppers. In Walmart, they started in August. In Target, they started in September or thereabouts. October, and, yeah, October, somewhere there. So, I mean, I'm being facetious there, but the reality is, is that their their the cultural wheel sure. is very different, and and it's okay to don't get me wrong. It's, I'm not. Advocating I play not. with it. Right, exactly. I mean, you can totally bring them together. But, but the, the key is, if you're going to be community-centric, you have to also at least right. take into, into consideration what their cycle is and right. how do we make touch points. Right. And we start with, again, coming up with what are their needs? Right. What are their losing sleep over? Right. What are their aspirations? What do they want to accomplish right. with their life, with their family, right. with their you know with their health, with all the rest of that? And then as you under, come to understand that, then you can begin building programming, right. sermon series, etc., based on what you've discovered from them. And again, you have to find out from them because you can't project. So that's what I want to jump on right, to yeah. is how do we do that, right? How do we, how, how what are some ways that we can engage with and, and listen to the community? And, you know, we've talked about things like if you live in a town with a mall or whatever, go and sit in, in the mall area, like the food court and whatnot. But different things, uh, different ways are look at the news. I, I get three daily news for, we live in Columbia, Missouri, for Columbia and I see, oh, okay, these are the same news items that keep showing up, or this one particular item is something that's showing up. That tells me that the people who are reading that, that that's an issue for them. How am I gonna right. how am I going to address that? Well, and, you, and you can look at the comments and the and the right, shares and exactly. all that to see how much energy is. Wow. Getting. And so now you're talking about one. The people who are coming to church who have, you know, they're at the very least aware of it, you right. know, and and maybe experiencing that. And then you've got the people out there who are hearing about it, experiencing that. And I mean, we uh, hopefully all of us know that the more you hear something on the news, what may not really have been an issue at all, it becomes <laughs> an issue because it keeps repeating and right. glam, and, and, glommed and, and, on right. to. Well, and, right, and you just, look again, look at the comments, right. which will 
probably just man, it so perpetuates. You know? Yeah, yeah, it does. It just builds and builds and well, builds. And if you if you uh, do Facebook or anything like that, you can get on Facebook and you can have uh, um, a page for your local community. Look at your local community's Facebook page, or you know where people right. are commenting, going in there. Go groups, ahead. Groups, do you, groups, 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 groups. Yeah. Okay, yeah. groups. Yeah. I mean, some other ways. Definitely, you've got to be in conversation with your uh, police chief or your community community, community leaders. Right. Yeah. All. All of those, and, um, and let me just build on, on all of those because yeah. what one of the things that we often forget is who are the influencers in our community? Yeah. Well, the influencer in our community. Let, let me say that anyone who has to run for office, they know a lot of people. So it, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, you, <laughs> yes. you and and they they know how to influence people, yeah. and they influence influencers, and so they're great people. Your right. your count your city council um, members, your county council members, again your mayor. Right. Um, and, and others along those lines because they are well connected. Your Chamber of Commerce uh, executive Ooh, yeah, director exactly. is another one. You know, and, and uh, most of the nonprofit directors, yeah, they have lots of. I mean, they they have to network with these folks. So these are people to have conversations with. Besides which, of course, are the rank and file people right. who make up your outreach avatar, the people you're trying to reach for Jesus Christ through your church and. Again, if you're saying everyone, then please go and find our uh, episodes on our avatar because yes, you're, if yes, you're reaching yes, everyone, yes. I got news for you. You're not, not reaching, reaching anyone. anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. all right, all right, go. All right. So go. well, I, what, so so the key is is you know having those conversations. Um, you know the the reality is is that as we begin to um, understand the aspirations, the needs of our community, things they're losing sleep over, then it's time to start beginning with planning. Yeah. With our community in mind, and again, I, I agree with you. Communities, there's two communities. Um, however, just remember this: if you preach a sermon or a sermon series that is designed specifically for your members, when someone from outside, if a visitor does happen to come, if there's nothing else for them, nothing there for them, if there's nothing other than just so mm -hmm. warm and fuzzies, mm -hmm. or 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 the opposite, mm -hmm. which I've seen in a number of pulpits, is they're doing this, you know, you the members need to, puppet. the bully pulpit. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're not coming back. Right. Because there was nothing there for them. And, and you know, the last I checked, you know, when Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians said, I'm going to do, I'll be the poor to the poor, I'll be rich to the rich, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll be whoever I need to be in order to reach and save some. The bottom line is, folks, we need to preach to our congregation, but we need to, it's that double entendre for those of you who yes. went to seminary, you know, the, the double-sided thing or the double sight thing. You got these, but you also have to see these and you have to be speaking to both communities um, all the time. And my advocation always is start here because it also applies here. Okay. So this yep. is not as hard as it may sound. No, it really it, isn't. Because right. remember... <laughs> People in the community are people in your church and vice versa. Right. So when, I mean, I hear this. So I'm saying, you know, when you tell me or when someone tells me, oh, my people don't want to hear about that. No, because they're like hiding inside your church, possibly. Build a bridge, build a bridge. And I'm not talking just about building a bridge to reach people. I'm talking about building a bridge to be able to talk about issues. You may have to uh, you know, talk about it a little differently. You can do a little more inspiration for your people that are in the pews, a little less maybe for those you think are going to push back. They're going to be people who are going to push back because all they want is the same heady stuff, the Trinity, the, 
you know, blah, blah, or, you know, the whatever, but connect it to them and go, wait, I want to say one more thing. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, I know we're time is ticking. Uh, I, uh, again, when I was preaching uh, and I'll do this, even when I'm visiting churches, uh, I go up there and I look at what, like, the last murders that have happened, you know, the the radio, uh, police radios, 911 calls, et cetera, what's showing up in their local paper. And then I use that to address it. And it's like, come on, y'all, didn't you hear about just the other night, that woman who was accosted? I don't want that for our children, my grandchildren, you know, or our grandchildren. I, I want something different. So I'm addressing their people are like, oh yeah, okay, I saw that or I know that. And I'm hitting people out there. I've built a bridge. Now, I, I just want to—I want to bring some clarification because when she says issues, she's not talking about preaching sermons on the social issues. Oh, Lord have mercy! Okay, no. I, I just—I want to define that. Right. What we're talking That's about good. is the That's issues good. that people are actually facing in their actual lives, not big right. cultural things. Right. But you know, again, you, you got the murder. I don't—we don't want this happening to our family. The 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 woman was abused or whatever. Right. And so that becomes a part of okay, how do we have relationships? That are safe and et cetera. And right. therein, that's what people are losing their sleep over. <coughs> they're losing sleep over the relationships that they have to deal with or right. the, their finances or, you know, what are their lose sleep over? And safety in a lot of oh communities, that is an safety, issue. Safety, fear. How, I mean, if, if you aren't familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, go look up Abram. Uh, Maslow, M-A-Z-L-O-W, and his hierarchy of needs. And it's it's an older construct and it's been, you know, fooled with over the years. But look up the original. Oh my gosh, you know, just the basic needs people are dealing with. Safety comes, uh, you know, comes to safety. Then there's belonging. You'll see people in your Struggling people. Struggling with and very you'll levels. See, yeah. How yeah. are you going to ind- address that? And how are you going to get them to where they're being all God's created? them to be and doing all Jesus needs them to do. Preach out Maslow. How's that? Okay, we'll keep going because we're yeah, out of time. Say, Let's go. Okay, well, I, I was going to say, I'm not sure I want to say preach out Maslow, but... Preach out know, of Maslow. I In your community. I wouldn't go there either, okay, but, okay. but it's, it's a nice construct to use for understanding the needs of your community because your here's, here's the deal, folks. When you're doing your planning, okay, there's two primary things you're going to be planning for. You're going to be putting, look at your, your, your calendar... And you say, we have these events. And there are some very key events that you want to be placing onto the calendar. But the questions are, is what are those events there for? What needs are being addressed? What what are they losing sleep over? Or can be addressed. Can be addressed, right. And and or what aspirations are we helping people fulfill? Right. You know, in a... Achieve. um, Yeah, achieve. There there are some communities, a a number of communities, and and communities within the communities, microgroups, that are that are you know they're they're not making the money they want. They really it's it, and they don't have the skills or the training to do high end white collar jobs, for instance. Sure. So they're looking for a side hustle. They're looking to be entrepreneurs. And and I got to tell you, Scripture talks about that. It, Paul talks about that. You know mm-hmm. about minding your own business, and that doesn't mean mind your business. Oh, there. that's good. You know, that's he, good. He means take care of the business. Don't work for anyone. Work for yourself. Right. And talking about things like that on how you can build it. I don't want to talk about, you don't want to do a sermon probably on side hustles, but you can certainly talk about, <laughs> you can sorry. certainly talk about, about, you know, the, 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 um, of doing 
going above and beyond to create a service that will bring in income, blah, 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 blah. There are, again, biblical principles that you can share. So look at your calendar. You put these events on that you already have that you think right, you want right, to have. Right, And also look at the need the to one, go right. and, and say, okay, what do we need to have to do that? Right. The second thing you're doing, go ahead. Were you going to say anything Well, yeah, events? I think it's, yeah. Is, okay, because I'm going to do you're doing, Okay, is that you're doing events already. How are you right. going to transition that, right? If it's working for you, or even if it's not exactly working for you, but people have a lot of investment, don't screw around with that, but figure out, how you're going to transition that to be a little bit more. I did this with a congregation not too long ago, and they had this, I don't know, like a sausage dinner every year at this thing. And so my question back to them was, okay, now how can you, how can you turn that into an event that draws, you know, people back, draws them in. Like, how? What are you going to do? Into the church, into not the just, church, not just right. to bring yeah. the money and, in to pay right. for their sausage and it, biscuits. It was but, okay. Well, right. why don't you do a uh, a door prize? You know, let's think Keep about doing some. Yeah, right. right. So you're trying to take what you have and shift it a little bit more. It's the handoff, which right. if we haven't talked about, we will handoffs. Right. Yeah. Okay, so the, the events all the way through. All right. The next thing is pastor. It's time to create sermon series that will touch people. And, and, and I, I just want to remind you that the pulpit is not there to be an extension of Sunday school. Right. It is not it's an not educational piece. It's an inspirational piece, inspiring people to live differently. Right. And I got to say that preaching through the book of Galatians or Ephesians or, or Leviticus, you know, whatever it is, it, it, it's wonderful stuff for Sunday school or for Bible study. But if you want to um, impact people's lives, if you want to transform your community, let's start with where they are and bring the Bible to them as opposed to say, y'all got to come to the Bible. And so starting with what are the needs, what are the aspirations, and how am I going to address them? And I, I love what Andy Romstad shared with us. He's, he's one of our staff members, and he talks about the four M's. Every year he works with the four M's. Everyone has problems or deals with marriages. Everyone does has problems or issues with money, money, meaning, and he used to call them little monsters, which was the which was his word for kids. But now he calls them little miracles. Oh, um, but there's there's I no, your, your family piece. So there's there's four themes that he repeats during the year, and he has other themes as well that are that deal with the issues of the community. So the the key here is do your events. And do your sermon planning for the whole year. And do it together. Yes, and that's right, right. So that so that they meld together, yes. so they complement each other. Yes. And here's the key, Pastor. So your congregation knows when you'll be talking about um, how to how to get out of debt, so that they can invite their folks, their friends who are head over heels in debt. Yeah. And they know they know when you're preaching that sermon, that the sermon that series, series. A series, yes. a sermon series Thank on you. grief, so that they can invite their people who are suffering with grief, etc. If, you, if they have that in advance, they can stop inviting people to church and start inviting people to the community-centric planning events that you have put onto your calendar. Guess what? We're out of time. We have to say goodbye. Hey, good, good to see you. We'll see you next week. <laughs> have a great week. Bye-bye.